This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living, available to buy now, wherever books are sold. Hi, my name is Sarah Silverman, and I feel grateful to be about being Conan O'Brien. You know, you almost had it. You almost had it. The pause was so dramatic. It really pulled me in, and my heart was pounding. And then you said grateful, and I was so happy. And then you said about to be within a who and a ha. But and I find the mistakes oh. to be the, the, where, the, where the stuff is. Fall is here, hear the back to school. Brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello, Conan O'Brien here. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh podcast where we take advantage of the fact that you can't see my face. <laughs> no, it's actually nice. It's very, I don't know, it's very relaxing. Okay. Test show people are very happy when when they're not looking at my broad Irish face. Uh, but let's talk about you guys because I don't do this <laughs> podcast alone. And we got a lot of comments that I should. And no, no, I seriously, a lot of mail, a lot of mail coming in. Oh, actual mail, huh? Yeah, mm. real mail coming in, which is unusual. Yeah. But a lot of very old people that don't know about the internet <laughs> think I should do it alone. No, uh, I don't do it alone, and I wouldn't want to do it alone, because I got my two pals here with me, uh, Sonam Obsessian, my trusty assistant. Hey, Sonam. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what happened? I, I said hello weird, and okay. I Matt, changed it. Matt Gorley, our producer. H- hello. Yeah, very good, very good stutter. And uh, Sona, many of us have celebrated uh, our new year. I understand there's an Armenian 
New Year. Uh, an Armenian Christmas. Oh, so there's an Armenian Christmas, but not an Armenian New Year. There is, no, there's, n- I don't believe there's an Armenian New Year. No, you don't believe? You grew up in this culture. I know, but I, there's a lot about it I still don't really know. You but know that sh- yeah, you know the basic stuff, which is Cher is Armenian. Yeah. Lando. Calrissian? Yeah. Yeah, he is. So is um, Dr. Jack Kevorkian, and uh, the Kardashians are half. And all four members of System of a Down. Yes, System of a Down, the rock group. And, so we got, uh, a, we got some good ones. You got some good ones. You got Kevorkian and... Uh, <laughs> Dr. Death. Yeah. Hey, we got Dr. Death. I would list uh, the people that are in the Irish category, but, uh, well, there's, there's a lot of good and bad mixed in there, so I won't do that. How do you identify, Gourley? Scotch-Irish. Scotch-Irish. Yeah. A little tight with a buck, huh? That's the old... Oh, really? That's the, people used to think uh, scotch, you know, they're a little tight with the wallet. You oh, know? I didn't know oh. that. Yeah. Are you frugal? I wouldn't say I am. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't think you've ever picked up the check when I'm around. No, that's true. No one I'm being picks serious. up the check yeah. when you're around. When I'm oh, around, no one. No, I bought concessions when we went to the movie that time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, you bought concessions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm never given the opportunity. So you got the me corporate a, card You goes got down. me a snow cap, is what you're saying. A box of snow <laughs> caps. Yeah. You got me a single raisinette. <laughs> it's more God. than anybody else in this room. Whenever got. I take, whenever I take you out, Gorley, you always you tuck a napkin into your shirt, and then you start ordering the best wines. You go for the best steak. I thought we were on a date. Well, I thought I was being wined and dined. Yeah. Nothing happened afterwards, that's for sure. I'll uh, I'll pay you back. Are you disappointed? Nothing well, happened? Yeah, wait a minute. That, that flew by me. Yeah. Well, you should pay attention next time. <laughs> I really missed out. Many times people have probably professed their love and you never heard it. I don't know. I've never paid for anything for you. That's true. I mean, I've gotten you gifts and stuff. Yeah, you give me gifts. Oh, I, don't I like sent the way you a you Christmas card that. and it came back. Yeah. No, because you put your name on the return address. <laughs> I set myself up. Oh, man. Why did I say that? Why did I send the card in the there's, first place? No. no, no. There is a, actually a message with the post office <laughs> that if a Gorley tries to contact me, that I have you done as a security threat. <laughs> so they probably actually scanned the letter five different times. I came back and then my wife Why, did you not it. have my right address? I did, but I don't know what happened. Did you put a stamp on it? Mm, yeah. If you put a stamp on it and you had my correct address, then it should have come to me. I'll bring it to you. Are you sure you had the correct address? I believe so. I think I know what happened and I'll clear it up after. Okay. Ah, I see what happened. <clears throat> you were living yeah. in a safe house? No, you probably assumed, oh, here's Conan's house. That's where he gets his mail. I see, yeah. But I get my mail at Catalina. <laughs> I take a boat to Catalina to get my mail. It's, a, again, another security precaution. Okay. A lot of angry podcast people out there. <laughs> I got I, I to lay low. So you take a boat to Catalina? Yes, I have my, that's to trick people. If I wanted to kill you, I would find a way to make that boat sink. Oh, what? I was just saying, I'm, if I, I don't know. What are you talking about? You see me every day. I, if you want to kill me, you just get me with a stapler when I'm standing there. A stapler. Or whatever. Stapler to the jugular. No, That's I, how they do it in prison. Yeah, but I don't want them to suspect me. But why did you bring up killing him? That was kind of out of nowhere. I, it was. I thought he meant like. That we, was awkward. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about murdering you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You always think we're talking about murdering you. <laughs> I do. When I, I mean, I you, like where your head's at. When I ask you for a roast beef sandwich, you're like, are we talking about murdering you? <laughs> When I, when I say, hey, did you hear Beyonce's new album? You're like, hey, we were talking about murdering you. <laughs> I don't know why. I think of you and I think of murder. Uh, 
I think we should get into our first guest today. And I'm actually going to say I said first guest, but only guest. Yeah. And you don't need another guest when you have this guest because she's the guestiest of all the guests. <laughs> With the possible exception of Chris Guest. Uh, yeah, I'm intoxicated. Very excited. My guest today is an Emmy award-winning comedian who's been in the comedy world for over 25 years. You know her from Saturday Night Live, The Larry Sanders Show, the Sarah Silverman Program. If this doesn't give it away, I don't know what would. And Disney's <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. I am thrilled she's here with us today. I so admire this person and have so much affection for Sarah Silverman. Welcome, Sarah. I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> I, I felt like I go. I feel like I have brain fog. I want to be sharp. You know, I, I. You're holding a Red Bull. I stopped by and I got a sugar-free Red Bull, and now I've had maybe even half of it, which is a lot for me. Yeah. And I'm I'm feel fucking crazy. Yeah. Can I just say that foam is coming out of your eyes right now? A blue oh. a blue foam. Uh, I love it. You're here. You know how people get white shit on the corner of their mouth? I get it on the corner of my eyes. Oh. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. I think we are friends. Because mm -hmm. I don't go to a lot of parties. I really don't. I get sort of... Nor I. And you threw a party. You threw a party recently. And I told my wife, this is the party I want to go to. Sarah Silverman's having a party. It's in LA. It's on a rooftop of a building, an apartment building. I won't say where. That seems to be populated by exclusively old people. Yeah. And you. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I've been there before. And it's... Mostly octogenarians mm -hmm. wandering around in the lobby, and then you go up and you take this elevator, and old people are looking at you suspiciously, and you get to the top, and it's one of the greatest parties ever. You have the best party. It's fantastic. Yeah. Every time I've been, and you had a hand-drawn sign when you walked into the party oh, yeah. <laughs> that said, do not solicit for your podcast. No podcast soliciting. No podcast soliciting. And I did not. I just knew that that would happen eventually. I didn't mean it personally or, you know, it's just, I just want it to be a place where no one's dreading a conversation or, yeah. you know. And there are, a lot of people have podcasts there. Yes. I think everybody there had a podcast. <laughs> and I witnessed Mark Marin talking to Albert Brooks and Mark Marin wasn't soliciting, but I think you could tell that Albert Brooks has been asked a bunch of times. So Albert was like, uh, give me the microphone. We'll do it now. Right. <laughs> and it was just all like, uh, they were talking about, and it was just clear that this was a backstory. Everybody there had a podcast and was eyeing who could be on their podcast. No, no, I, they weren't really, it was a very nice party. Yeah, it's just such a good mix of people, nice people. Anyone who goes, I feel like they'll know at least four people, and then they'll meet at least four people. Yes. Mm, I wish I wasn't so nasal. What if I talked like this? <laughs> I was surprised the Saudi prince who murdered Khashoggi was there. I didn't realize you guys were close. You know what? People see only that side of him. <laughs> he is... <laughs> He loves animals. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, you know, so you murdered. He was like, you know, I'm more than that. And you jumped to his defense and said he is. And he always said he also is a good cook. He's just fun. Yeah. With friendship. Yeah. No, it was a fun party. Jared Kushner. Why was he there? <laughs> Conan, <laughs> this is starting to... <laughs> It was a very alt-right party. Yeah. I, that's the only thing that surprised me. Sean Hannity was there, and you and he were doing Hanny. shots. Hanny. Yeah, Hanny. 
And he was like, I love you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, no, it really was a, a wonderful evening. You've been in that building for a while. And uh, do the older people that live there understand like what's going on when you have these parties? Since I moved in, three people have died of old age on my floor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like being like the kid. <laughs> you know, I like it. And I like apartment living. I can't. It's so, you know, when I go to my friends' houses, I go, whoa, like it's a whole house, you know, yeah. but, and I go, why I should live like this. But then I just, I don't like to have too much space. I mean, I guess in a perfect world, I'd love to have like a meadow or something, but. You have a yard. No one has a meadow. A meadow. In New no Hampshire, one- we lived across a, a meadow that oh. just nobody owned. Did you see, sometimes did you see like deer drinking from a stream? Yeah. uh, Yes. Wow. Yeah. There are some deer, mostly in the winter you'd see like deer uh, or you'd see their, their footprints and then you'd just see one thing of footprints and that was when I was carrying it. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes, yeah, Jesus would carry you as you carried the deer. Yeah. Did you ever remember that? Yeah. Yes. And. (laughs) Oh. I want to do this with you. you I want to make comedy. No, let's not do that. You know what? There's too much comedy. Don't you think? There's too much comedy. And I think that's why I started this podcast is to try and stop it. I like to get very funny people here and then get them talking about serious issues. Let's get serious. Yeah. Let's get uncomfortable. No one, (laughs) no one says that with that tone of voice. You know what? I always forget that you and Sandler are from New Hampshire because you don't seem, anyone listening right now has a perception of what someone from New Hampshire is like. And then Sarah Silverman and Adam Sandler don't fit that mold. We don't represent New Hampshire well. Seth Meyers too is from there. He's from the same town. Right. Both of them are because we were from Manchester and then we moved to Bedford. But Seth, I could kind of see it. I could see him wearing like a hat with ear flaps, trudging yeah, in big, thick boots. I could just see it a little bit. I you know, know what you're saying. Adam and I are big, fat Jews and you just don't see that in, in see, New Hampshire. you said it and I couldn't. Let me do this for you. <laughs> Let me do this for you. Thanks for finishing my sentence. People all growing up, when I was growing up in New Hampshire, they'd go, where in New York are you from? And I'd go, what's New York? I'm from here. Right. Right. And then, you know, so now I realize it's because they go, Jews are from New York, and they're right. Yes. But I didn't know. She's Jenny on the block. She's from yeah. Queens. She's from Brooklyn. She's from Staten Island. No. She's, you know what I mean? I lost my virginity in Astoria, Queens. Really? Yeah. Want to talk about that, or should we just maybe not? It's up to you. I was, you know, I was a comedian. It was to a comedian. Okay. Was this Jeff Dunham? No. Was it you? Was it Jeff Dunham or one of his puppets? It was. Um, <laughs> Does he have the puppets with him? It was like the super racist. It was the skeleton like uh, turban guy. <laughs> Just like if you you revealed that it was <laughs> guy with puppets and props. It was Gallagher too. Oh, it was Gallagher too. Is who you? Remember how they? So you know how Gallagher sold his? Yes. Gallagher sold his whole act to his brother. Yes. And they called him Gallagher too. And I I remember hearing the radio ads and they did it in a tricky way. They go, Do you like Gallagher? Well, I like Gallagher too. And he's playing at blah blah blah. How pissed were those people when they showed up and it was a different guy who looked like Gallagher smashing a melon? Did, could they tell? <laughs> did they know? Yeah. There was no disappointment at all. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, so you lose your virginity at 19. Mine was, <laughs> mine was a little later. <laughs> was it really? How old were you? Uh, it was oh, during Obama's second term. Serious. Was, were you under 23? Yes. I mean, I don't like over 20. My parents listen to this and I'm still hyper Catholic. Are you positive your parents listen to this? You're right. I don't listen to it. Yes. I was uh, under 21. I was under 20. It's all good. You know, you're 17. Let's just say it was a magical moment in my life. It was not a comedian. I wasn't in the comedy world then. Right. I wanted to be in the comedy Were world. Were you at Harvard? <laughs> oh, why did we have to go there? Yes. Our guest is uh, Jim Backus playing Thurston Howell III. Oh, lovey. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I did impressions. Oh, that's a good one. Well, um, lovey. Let me start by saying something very positive. About okay. You. And when I say start, I mean we've already been talking. For did we start recording? Yeah. I think we've been ta- recording for over four hours. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, but I love, uh, I love a lot of things about you. You did something real. I thought was hilarious on my show recently, which is you came on dressed as Hitler and you were upset that people were comparing you to Trump. <laughs> that was so great. But, but I thought that, that was, was a- somebody's idea on your staff. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I didn't know you, but you- I'd love to take credit for it. But- I may have like tweaked a thing here or there or whatever, we're gonna, but like- no, the idea was someone, well, a you writer for played, your show. But, I wish I knew who. You were the, whoever thought of it, you were the only person that could do it. And it was clear. And you came out. I was so happy and to do you, it. And you came out. And first of all, you were a very attractive Hitler, which was confusing. Uh, um, and confused me for a while. But then uh, the way, your attitude was just very reasonably upset that people keep, like, yeah. I was bad, but I'm not that bad. And right. it was so funny. And there's a lot of uh, political comedy that, you know, I admire. It's just that it can get very shrill and angry. And this was visually so silly and so wrong and so well played that I just thought, yeah, in a way, that that's the kind of political comedy I like. Yeah. It's just, it's it's absurdist. And somehow, to me, uh, it speaks to me more than if you had just come out and had 15 Trump jokes. And no, I, I prefer aggressively dumb and silly. Yes. You know, especially yeah. if you might have something, quote unquote, to say. Because otherwise, you just, if, if it doesn't, if it isn't sandwiched with really dumb shit, you're just, I feel like, as a viewer, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Well, this is what's interesting right now in comedy is that there's this expectation that if you're not speaking truth to power as a comic, you're copping out of the big struggle right now. And I think what's interesting, your first job as a comedian is to be funny. And then you've got to figure out how to reconcile that with what's happening. But you can't just get mad because then you're not a comedian anymore. Does that make sense? Well, but it's so silly because doing comedy is figuring out like what you care about and what you're interested in, what you want to talk about. So it's like I had a comic friend call me and he was like, I feel like I'm not talking about what's going on in the world and like um I I you know like I'm my stuff isn't about anything political and I feel like guilty about it and I was like that's such a gift 
You know, like people need that. Yeah. I remember my mom before she died. I'm not glad she died, obviously, but like in a way I'm relieved she didn't see. Like she died thinking Hillary or Bernie were going to be the president. Did she pass away just before that election? Yeah. Okay. So like, but she would watch MSNBC not, she was the opposite of the Fox News. Like she, and constantly and on that like daily coast and she would get so worked up and I'd be like, mom, like you have to sometimes just watch a bones or something like for me I watch Law and Order or something like but you've got to it's not healthy to I, just be into all this I'm going to jump in and say I don't think she should have watched a bones but I'll, I'm okay with Law and Order okay bones I liked the first two seasons and then they lost me uh, right so I'm glad that I hope that's not what your mother was doing when she passed away no okay she was struggling to breathe actually <laughs> <laughs> it's good <laughs> oh, God. I, oh God. Uh, well, there we go. Um, I, uh, fet, fet, fet. Sorry, mom. No, no, no. You're not sorry. But it was so good. I don't know how we get out of this mess. We just progress. We go. I always say I'm of the, we've been here before school, which is maybe uh, a sound like a cop out. Maybe like during the Weimar Republic. <laughs> I think civil war, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not saying it's good that we're here. But I think that as humans, we've been here before and we have to get ourselves out of it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that after World War II, there was a lot of kind of uh, self-reflection and like uh, never forgettiness. And uh, we forgot to never forget. And like facing history in ourselves is something that has not touched this generation and beyond. Yeah. And, and so like everything's repeating because our leaders live unexamined lives and mm-hmm. we suffer from their choices based on daddy issues, you know? But I'm going to enlighten things now. Let's talk about someone we both love, Gary Shandling. Yeah. And oh. I was unaware. I found out actually, I knew that you had a connection with Gary and you guys were very connected, but when Gary Shandling passed away, uh, I thought you were one of the most eloquent people speaking about him, you know, in the documentary that mm. Judd Apatow did. And also- oh, He did such a good job. I think he did Gary a great, have you know, it. he did, uh, it's not my place to use this word, but I really thought what Judd did was a mitzvah it for, was for a Gary. Mitzvah. It was just this big, hey, everybody shut up for a second and pay attention to this person who is Gary Shandling because you need to understand how special he was. But you were terrific. I thought you were great. Just talking about Gary as a person that you played basketball with, who was your comedy mentor and spent a lot of time teaching you about comedy and helping you. He had the patience to say, yes, I will sit with you and I will talk to you and I will, I'll play basketball with you, but I'll also talk to you about stuff you're going through and what you're trying to do as a comic. Oh, yeah. And he, he learned everything he learned. He learned really the hard way just like so many of us with lots of things. But what he learned, he kind of gave us on a silver platter, you know, the lessons that, you know, a lot of things that sometimes you have to go through it yourself, but he he was very generous with yes. the things that he kind of learned in a much harder way than yeah. he did. I remembered him uh, helping me. I had to host something. No, when you hosted the Emmys and yeah. he, rode, he, he rode in the back of I the horse. I rode on the horse, yes. But he also came to me before we-, we <laughs> I don't think I ever laughed harder in my life but than he, that. But he did the, I just asked him to participate in this bit where I start to fall in love with Jennifer Aniston 
she's sitting in the audience and I start to get distracted and fall in love with her. And then Brad Pitt is sitting next to her and the camera swings to him and he's <laughs> staring at me with hate. And then you cut to me being rattled and then you see me turn and fall in love with someone even more deeply. And it was Gary and it worked great and Gary played it perfectly. And then we cut to the montage of us on the horse, which was really fun. But what he did is he showed up for that session just to shoot this thing on the horse. And he said, what do you got for your monologue? What do you got? Let's go through it. Yeah. And like a really good piano teacher, he had me go through all my jokes really thoughtfully, not in a sycophantic or not in like, oh, that's just great, man. But like, uh-huh, no. uh-huh. Yep, that one's good. Uh, yeah, that one. Huh. He was just like a doctor looking at your chart, you know? Generous. Generous. And, he, and, and he loved it. Yeah. Kevin Nealon tells a story about them all playing basketball. Maybe you witnessed this. And then literally like a bug, like a ladybug or something was crossing and he made everybody stop playing. He picked up the bug (laughs) and carried it off the court because he didn't want this little bug to get mashed. And when I play basketball, I try to use the ball to hit any creature I can. Do you remember in New England, I I don't think you're that much older than me, but there was a summer. I'm 77 years old. (laughs) There was a summer where monarch butterflies, uh, the caterpillars before they turn into monarch butterflies, blew in en masse and they were, they covered everything. They covered the whole driveway, everything. And I remember my sister and I, we could, we would play basketball before dinner and you couldn't even dribble a ball without like killing five of them. You don't remember that? I remember my dad brought us all each a, a flamethrower and we just. That's not true. No, true. He brought them, he got them government issue and we were just walking around the neighborhood and these things would try and fly just in flames. The whole air was filled with just flames. You're doing a funny comedy bit. Is it funny or did you just put quotes around funny? I think you did. I think you put quotes around funny. I think in a way, we all did. Um, Sorry to interrupt. I don't remember the monarch Uh, thing. I wish I did. Really looking for a connection with you. Uh, You're never going to get it. I'm damaged. Let's (laughs) take a break, and I'm going to get some help. So, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, 
You reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com. Slash Conan. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone. <laughs> Cuckoo, there's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. All right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. We're back. That was a fun break. Whoa. Did you like that? Yeah. Interesting um, things. Those were ads that we just ran. Yeah, I'd like to buy some of those or sign up for that. Really? Do you want a fracture print? Those are on glass. I've done 700 ads for fracture, (laughs) and I'm mentioning them right now, and I don't, I'm not even getting paid. If a photograph isn't on glass, then you're an ass. Is that? That's uh, their frac. that's the line they use at fracture. Whoa. Yeah. I feel like you made that up, but that would be really- If it's not printed on something shiny, you should shove it up your hiney. (gasps) That's an actual quote for fracture. And uh, please, ladies and gentlemen- If you don't put fracture glass, a picture of Jim Backus, then you should shove it all up your (laughs) tuckus. I don't think any of this is airable, Uh, but it's going to air. This is going out there. And but I say air, I think it's a podcast. It doesn't air, does it? No, no. So I'm using the wrong language. Posted, yeah. It gets posted. That's so sad. Downloaded. That just sounds so bloodless. What kind of show business are we in now? I don't. Sarah and I want to be in show business where there's a crowd and there's people, and this is going out on the air. We don't want to be making stuff that's "Mm, downloaded. Hmm, it's been posted. What is that? I mean, I feel like it's the way you're saying it, because you could be like, you could download it, yeah. and, and we'll post it. Yeah, thank you. Oh. 
So it's the way I'm saying. You could it. say, "Oh, you you planted a tree in Israel." <laughs> <laughs> it just like, depends on how you say it. <laughs> oh, you donated to a cause that saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cured cancer and saved a whole species. Oh, for a price of a cup of coffee, you helped a kid go to school in Africa. Well, actually, that does sound stupid. The coffee, how good is the coffee? <laughs> if the coffee's really good, what comes first? These are just questions that need to be asked. Not by me, but by someone who has nothing to lose. You know what I'd like to, I don't, I'm not here to promote anything, but I would like to offer myself, I would love to do, this is regional, but I always want to sing this. <clears throat> no, I don't want to blow it. Hmm. 94-7 the wave. Oh. Ooh. You think they'd let me do that? I think you just did. They still do it. Yeah. Do they still do that? Of course. That's still the song. I don't want to take the gig away. What is it? 94 7 the way. Yeah. That was a great one, too. I wonder if we're going to get any money. We could harmonize it. 94 7 the way. I go high, you go low. Okay, 94 7 the way that you just sang the melody. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. 94 7 the wave. All right, that's what you should do. Here we go. 94 7 the wave. Uh, Listen, we've probably lost people with this whole 94 7 the wave thing. I encourage you to come back. I encourage you. You've probably pulled your car over. Did we do it? That's got it. We've been talking for like eight hours. Oh, no, no. We're, this is going to be a marathon. We're, <laughs> you're here for a long time. Is you're this not, for Smile Train? You're not. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Pardo? This is one of those 44-hour podcasts. <laughs> you don't leave until I have a full coppery fisherman's beard. You Wait, know? did I ever tell you that I have a, I feel like a good podcast story about you, but maybe I did tell it to you, or maybe I've no, said it on your show. I don't, I don't think know. so. Let's hear it. If it's about me, me want it. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I mean, this is vulnerable, but of course, it was a lifetime ago. So it was, you were doing your show in, in New York. Mm-hmm. You were single. Yeah. And I always had boyfriends, but I was suddenly single. And then I came to do your show, and I brought my best friend, Heidi. And this is how... There's, you know, when you are a woman, a young woman, like I had such a prowess. I was so uber confident in my sexuality. And like, I mean, I think this was good for me. So anyway, I go, I was coming to do your show and Mm -hmm. I say to my friend Heidi, you know what? I'm going to make out with Conan after the show tonight. It wasn't even like I'm going to try or I I have a crush on him. It was just a choice that I was making heading into the show. Right. And it was so arrogant that I said to Heidi, we were in the dressing room, and I go, yeah, I'm going to make out with Conan. And so can you get your own ride home? I said to Heidi, I go, you're going to have to get your own ride home, like take a cab home or the subway. Right. Just let's make that plan now. Right. You're so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm incredibly uncomfortable, but also You know so... that we're... Bro- this was... No, no, I'm... 20-something in... years Guess ago. what? I'm... Please, I'm in very intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am incredibly intrigued. And so you come in, because you'd always come in to say hello. Yeah. And, you know, I adored you. And I was in sex 
kitten mode, <laughs> which is, you know, not uh, rare. It's rare because I almost always as a, I would always have a boyfriend. So I would only be like, I didn't see other men as sexual beings ever. It was very rare. And so you come in and I'm like, I like touched your tie. And I was like, I like your tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. And you go, thanks. And you go, guess what? And I go, what? And you go, I'm engaged. You had just got engaged to Liza like that day or the day before. And I immediately go, oh my God, amazing. But I'm eyeing my best friend in the corner of the room, dying <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and she's a loose cannon. So I was, while I was saying like, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. And I was, you know, of course, but like, Wait a I was so afraid she was going to say something. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What you're saying is that I was cock-blocked by my wife. <laughs> yeah, by Liza. <laughs> I could have. I'm just thinking of what could have happened, except the mother of my children. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I get was engaged. so arrogantly confident for, so, for oh, well, whatever what? reason. Uh, I, listen, if were it not for the woman whose name I will not mention, because she's on my shit list now, I should that be hilarious just but to chew her out. You don't know the terror of having a loose cannon friend like Heidi just right behind you, gr- <laughs> holding her stomach. She's dying laughing oh. and like me being so scared she was going to say something. <laughs> uh, well, let's imagine. I mean, would that have? Okay, let me just play a little game here, oh, just as a creepy old man. Uh, oh, we'd let, surely be married. Listen, uh, listen. Well, I don't know. Let's say I hadn't said that. Let's say uh, I hadn't met Liza yet. Oh, no. Would we have made out? And how would that have happened? I'd have taken you to a red lobster. I would neg you. Like it says too in the the book, the game. Really, you'd have you'd have nagged me like said, "Oh, your lips are so thin, <laughs> you're so pale." Oh, you're I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very in touch with the the girl I once was. Okay, but you know. I don't think the nagging would have worked for me. I think I would have been like, "You're right. I better go." <laughs> That's how I would respond to the nagging. <laughs> Uh wow, that's a great. That makes me. Is that uh, a good story? That's I a really good story. Here, I've never heard it. that. I've never heard that. I've never heard that story, and I love that story. And uh, wondering if any other people out there have a similar story about me. <laughs> you know, like you're all flush, and your posture is, is better. True? And you, yeah, you no, just have I, a spring in your step. I have a new. Standing. I now I'm like uh, the Grinch at the end of the yeah. Grinch <laughs> Christmas. I can lift 20 times my own weight right now because Sarah Silverman just said she entertained the idea of making out with me well, once. Well, you, you should take that as a compliment. I do. I mean, because that's, you know, I mean, you're so brilliant and funny and tall and you're attractive. But, and not to take anything away, but there was a time in my youth, you know, back in my 20s like that, where I just was very free sexually. And I would just in my, you know, I would be like when I was single, I would be like, what do his balls look like? What do his balls look like? What do his balls look like? You know, and. And so you really was it just I want to see their testicles. <laughs> well, That's I just, the like, extent. I was just so I think because I lost my virginity. Yeah. Late, you know, like at 19, I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love this form of connection. I, I like the way it feels. I like the the power I feel from it, probably. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I articulate could articulate that. And so I was very like You were free. Gluttonous and, gluttonous. and free and curious and like didn't now I feel I'm I'm now I'm single now and I I, it's different, you know, like I feel very 
I almost have like a fear of men lately, you know, like I really was. I just I've just always organically had long term boyfriends. Right. And I am very much enjoying being alone. Mm-hmm. I love love. I really do. But I just am. Do you know the feeling of uh, it's kind of an actory maybe feeling or no anybody like if you don't know when your next gig is then you're stressing and you're not enjoying your free time. And inevitably, you do get your next gig. But if you know I have a gig in a month, like a long-term gig, you can enjoy that month. So, like, I feel like my person is going to come get me. And in the meantime, I'm really, like, maybe overly enjoying being alone. I need to be alone as a person anyway, regularly, every day. And, but, like... I'm just loving doing anything I want at all times and disappointing nobody, you know. That's lovely. It's odd being a woman my age. I'm in my late 40s. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. It's the, I don't have many single peers. I guess I just, I haven't felt, I've been feeling unsafe lately. You know, Whitney Cummings, I don't remember what the joke part of it is, but she she made a point that so, like, I realized, it didn't occur to me that men didn't, that men, why would men think about this, you know, because you, but like, you maybe don't realize like when we do spots around town, comedian, women comedians, it's scary walking back to your car, you know, or like, right, right. it's scary, like walking back to my hotel last night. Like I, I keep mace, you know, I'm a positive person and I love people and I like talking to strangers, but like. I I hold mace in my hand to walk home so I can just feel safe, you know. But it's so different. Well, I I would say the in the last couple of years, the biggest thing I've been saying to myself, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I just don't know what it's like. And and no one's looking for an answer from me. I need to shut up. <laughs> And listen, because I don't know. Right. I, and I, I understand that perspective with people of color. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And so when there are times where I have to say, wait a minute, I'm a guy, I'm a male, I'm six foot four, I weigh about 195 pounds, and I'm never scared when I walk to my car. Yeah, I mean, that and must just, be awesome. Well, the thing is, I take it for granted because I've never had that. I don't have it. And so... It takes a second to stop and shut up and then see, oh, I have no idea what it's like. I know what it was like for me to be a comedy writer coming up uh, in the 80s and 90s, and things felt hard for me, and I have no fucking idea how hard it was for women. Here's a very recent example. Did you have to punch in a code to pee when we both went to pee? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. But I, I, but it is, but, but I SNL. Like no, no, but I use the women's room routinely. Oh. <laughs> I just find it erotic. When I was at SNL the one year I was there, there was a code you had to punch in to use the ladies' room. And of course, the men's room was just open. Right. And that was for, there's a reason they had to put a thing that had a code on. No, the in door. this building, there's a code on the guys' thing as well, which surprised me because I've never had to. I don't remember putting a code in yeah, to use a men's room. Yeah, it's common for women's rooms. So I just urinated spaces. on the floor outside the men's room. Right. Which was my way of showing them, uh, I think. How dare you inconvenience me. Yeah. It's so interesting seeing the role 
the roles changing between the right and the left and but it's the same play you yeah. know and like I I want to be rooting for people like I, I just I don't see what it does to just vilify someone and not just and not hope hope for that people I know I grow and change I would assume a 20 year old might grow and change yeah. you know or like I had a massage and this guy was or very earnest, very good. But I, my porcupine needles were up. I was lying, you know, on my stomach and, you know, you're naked under the thing. And he was doing these long motions like uh, up my thigh. Mm-hmm. And he was like a millimeter from my labia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then even poked it a couple times. Hmm. And it was... You know, and it's so scary to say anything. And I know for a fact he wasn't trying to touch like the the my that he my wasn't labia. he wasn't being he wasn't trying to gratify himself. No, yeah. he it was just like like long, very you know deep. Uh, but I yeah. know that he wasn't intention. Like really matters, but it also made me yeah super uptight, and so. I, I never have done this, but I got, I turned around and I go, could you not touch my vagina? And then he was like, oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I can't do accents. It, it would, <laughs> anyway, right, but he right. was like, I'm so sorry. And I go, I, it's just, it's not at all relaxing feeling like you're about like, t- you know, yeah. it, it's not relaxing. And he goes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I go, it's okay. And then he finished the massage and it was good. And then at the end, I said, oh, thank you so much. And he goes, I'm I'm so sorry. And I go, I'm so glad I said something. Now, like, we both can feel better about it. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, I could have just bottled it up and then like tweeted something about this masseuse that was, right, you know what I mean? Right, it wasn't right. intentional. And right. now he'll be more aware of it. Right. And he was a good person, a great masseuse, you know? And um, I just... I see more opportunities to be that way. I'm not saying like, be like me with my masseuse who touched my vagina, but you can tell when the intention is not to cop a feel or is not to hurt someone. And maybe they still are anyway, but you can, you can give them a chance, like be like, Hey, you know what? When you do this, it's, it's doing the causing this reaction. And, I would want to know. Yep. And then you go, oh, fuck, right. Yeah, I can change that. You know, like I met this guy who's a, a neo-Nazi, ex-neo-Nazi. Christian. Ex, that's yeah, good. Christian Picciolini. Christian Picciolini. <laughs> oh, okay. And, you know, he's no longer that for years now. His whole purpose of life is getting people out of hate groups, helping people get out of hate groups. And it's incredible. But for... Years from when he was 14 to 29 or something, he he did terrible hate crimes. He he violent hate crimes he was involved in. Right. And this is someone you can interact with now. Oh, I I love him. Yeah, he's so special. He's amazing. And I think because people have been introduced to him as this former this yep. who's now this has dedicated his life to this you can forgive the the that because he's bec- it's it's led him to become this amazing 
person. Right. We're in a moment now where- What happens if we met him then? Right. But also, what happens if he has changed, but someone then comes forward and says, here's a picture of you at a hate rally. Oh, he'll post pictures of that. Right. But yeah, of course. But you know what I mean? That that the idea being that people, I got tired of in my teens and 20s and 30s and into my 40s, I was extremely judgmental about comedy. I wish I had known that. I don't know if it's a biochemical thing like testosterone or something has to drop. Something has to just- Your balls. My balls. And I know you're fascinated with testicles, as you said earlier. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I have drawings. They are miracles. Um. (laughs) I love how, like, when you're cold, they go up high towards your body to stay warm. They go in your body sometimes if you're frightened. They go up inside your body. They can go up inside. Oh, I've put them up. I've shoved them up there sometimes in times of great danger. (laughs) I have two sticks for that purpose. Then if you're very hot, they go low to get some cool. Right. And when you get older, they go really low. I know. You can tuck them into your socks. It's unbelievable. I really think if I was a man, if I I would wear tidy whiteies. Just the way we like we wear bras because I I know I know someone who only wore boxers and his his balls are very low and he's super depressed about it. Really? Yeah, they touch water. <laughs> and he's depressed about that. Yeah, so, it bums you, him out. But you think of course if he, you think if he had been wearing protective? I think if he wore tidy whiteies instead of boxers his whole life, his balls would not be as low. What about a boxer brief? Say like. A Saks. That's a yeah. company that uh, makes a boxer brief that puts the testicles in a pouch. And I mention them because they're a sponsor on the show. I think that's probably real smart. They encase the testicles in a special uh, pouch. Uh, I'm wearing them now. And Are you really? God, yeah. I'd, you know, I'd love to see that, but it would be disrespectful. To my wife. Yeah, to Liza, yeah, who I, I think love. so. Yeah, she's lovely and she's a great person. How long have you guys been together? Well, we've been together- uh, Like 94. 19 years. 19 years we've been together and we've been married 17 years. Wow. Yeah. And I'll never forget the day that I proposed to her. I said, um, she said, don't you have something to ask me? Because I see you have a ring. Is that true? Hold it. And I said, yeah. But first, I need to go make out with Sarah Silverman. Oh, Conan. And she said, uh, first things first. So you thought I was going to be sincere about something? Yes, I was like holding my heart. No, I don't have a human heart or soul. There's nothing in here. True. What and you, you told me the whole story. Like you went to do a bit in the office space where she worked and no, she I like did. didn't know who you were and you found yeah. that enchanting. Yeah, and- no, I I, uh, I met her. I met her on a remote and, and yeah. uh, I was shooting a remote and I stopped trying to be funny and then I just started asking her about her life. And then uh, it's all, you can look it up online, Conan meets his wife. And then, oh. uh, then we dated uh, for year and a half or so and got engaged and uh, you were on the show with your friend. I think John Oliver met his wife that way. It's really the only reason you, to get into comedy. Remotes. When a guy says I'm off to shoot a remote, he's really just looking for a spouse. Right. And God forbid Liza ever left me. I'd probably, if someone would say, Conan, you going to get out there and date again? I would say, well, I'm just going to go shoot more remotes. <laughs> <laughs> and just shoot. That's how I meet him. That's my method. Do you like it? Do you like being here? Was this 
fun for yeah, you. Yeah, I could talk to you forever. I'm I'm sure it's I've way overstayed my No, this stay. has been this has been really good. This has been great. Is there anything you wanted to say to me about my odor or <laughs> My, I don't smell anything. No, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to odor. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, I feel like you were saying something about balls and I took it to another direction. I just was saying that there is boxer briefs. The boxer briefs are the way to go. That's oh, sorry. Yeah, really, there wasn't really anything. That sorry. Yeah, why it. would I bring it back to that? You, know, you say tidy whities and then you just look like Homer Simpson in his underwear. No one wants to do that. You want a boxer brief. And I think Saks is the way to go. That's Saks with two X's. A uh, special Ugh. chamber that holds the... They had me until the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> they really are a sponsor and they keep sending us underwear. <laughs> so it's only for men because it's got that pocket. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they may make something for women, but I know that yeah. they pride themselves on the special chamber, a special devised chamber. They call chamber. it a chamber, not a pouch? I called it chamber. Oh, okay. I like giving it almost like it's, I've re- my testicles have retired to their chamber. <laughs> okay, like there's a judge. an iron door. Yeah. Panic room. My testicles need to def- confer about this important landmark case. So they've retired yeah. to their chamber. That's how I look at it. You're a lovely person. I keep saying the word lovely. Like, oh, I like it. I just loved having you here. It was really nice. All right, you know? I'm going. I didn't want you to leave. Now Gorley's here, cock-blocking me. Well, speaking of that, I have it from Adam. It's called the Ballpark Pouch. For Sachs? Yeah. Oh. I have it from Adam Sachs. Uh, Adam Sachs is the producer, yeah. and this is, uh, yeah, there's a diagram of it right there. See that special chamber? This is a diagram. Oh, of we're the, looking down into the underwear. Yeah, it's a three-dimensional. Almost like some webbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's webbing that uh, holds uh, the testicles in place. Wait a minute. And then your penis is also in there. Well, the penis is sort of attached. Yeah, I don't know how you claim that you've seen a lot of these. Uh, yes, it's all part of the same thing. The penis is a, a shaft that comes No, but usually of, don't you have to go one side or the other, but this is now in the pouch, in the ballpark pouch. Yeah, I think they could actually improve on this. I think there could be a, a, a pouch for the testicles, and then I think there could be a separate area that the shaft of the no. penis descends oh. down into where it's wrapped in its own cocoon. No. Why? That's just too constricting. Like, have you ever wore socks with the separate toes? I can't mm, do right. that. Right, yeah. yeah. I feel like it would be like that. Yeah. No. I've given this a lot of thought. You want a mitten, not a glove. Right, right. I still think chamber and then a separate shaft that, that mm-hmm. it falls down into. And I then... bet you love the container store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to the container store, and they Waiting. always they always quickly realize what I'm asking for. Can I have... Two smaller uh, chambers, if you will, <laughs> and, then, and then a, a, a longer uh, shaft-like uh, plastic. Now, if the two could connect, and then they're like, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you pervert. They always ch- I've been chased out of the uh, container store more times than I care to admit. We are going to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing this. and um, My joy. And um, you'll come to a party at my house next time, right? You'd come to my house. Yeah, I've been, I've been to your house. I know you've been there, but you'll come again. Yeah. There are too many paintings of me in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to get, have the props department just make giant paintings of me <laughs> and put them everywhere in my house as a joke. Unfractured glass. Oh. It is the best way to- Yes. Best way to experience any photograph is on glass. Any idiot knows that. Fracture. God, I hope these sponsors are on this episode. They might not be. Yeah. These are probably freebies.
I mean, it, 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 in Los Angeles, just with earthquakes and stuff, do you want to have a lot of glass on the wall? Right. Guess what? That's a really good point. No one's ever brought that up before. That's something to bring up with fracture. Fracture. Sorry, fracture. No, you just brought up a great reason why fracture shouldn't work. God, probably I, <gasps> sponsors are not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in California where there's a lot of earthquakes, have all of your photographs transferred to sharp glass <laughs> and then hang them above your bed. <laughs> fracture, a good idea most places, not in Los Angeles. Where you can get killed by <laughs> yeah. shards of your grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> A shard of Seth just went right through my jugular. <laughs> All right, Sarah Silverman, thank you very much. This was a mitzvah. Good uh, yontif. Shtetl. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do that anything. Helps. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Time to go to the phone bank and listen to some voicemails. Let's go. All right, Will, hit it. Hey, Conan. Albert here from Milwaukee. Love the podcast. 
Recently, my wife and I went on a little vacation to Boston, and we found ourselves in Cambridge. And we went to Mr. Bartley's for a burger and milkshake. I know that you have a sandwich on the menu, the Conan O'Brien, which is turkey with stuffing and cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes. Have you had the sandwich? And when someone creates a sandwich in your honor, do you get to pick what's on it, or is it kind of a guess we think it's what he likes? Thanks a bunch. Keep up the great work. Hey, Albert from uh, Milwaukee. Uh, This is an excellent question, uh, and I'm glad that you asked it. First of all, I remember this place very well from when I was a student. I would go there, and I would always get the same thing, which was a hamburger with this sort of barbecue sauce on it. And that was my favorite thing. And this is back when I was 18 years old. And being able to go into a restaurant and buy a hamburger seemed like a a huge deal. And I would go there with the older guys on the Lampoon who I thought were so cool. And I would get my hamburger. And I just thought, man, this is the life. This is living. Life is never going to get better than this. So I remember this restaurant very well. Absolutely not. No one consulted me about this sandwich. (laughs) Uh, no one asked me about this sandwich. Uh, now, it sounds like a delightful sandwich. It, it sounds great. And I think they were very kind to name a sandwich after me because Harvard hasn't done shit. You know, there's no statue of me. There's no, there's no Conan Hall. Um, do you know what I mean? That would be nice. It would I be nice to donate to make What's that, that happen. I shouldn't have to donate. I've donated my life's work. So, uh, no, I, I believe there, there should be some kind of plaque or something uh-huh. somewhere there for me. Uh, but that's their call. That's Harvard's call. Haven't, there, haven't presidents gone there? Yeah. Are, I mean, do they have plaques and buildings named after them? I don't know. Uh, uh, how many hours on YouTube has uh, John Quincy Adam logged? Okay. <laughs> Anybody want to answer that question? And I've been searching. I've been searching. And John F. Kennedy, he's got some fine speeches. I've got thousands and thousands of hours of of me and my hijinks. So no president comes close to what I've accomplished on the internet. And that's why I think there should be some kind of... I'm just being honest. I'm telling you what I think. I think it would be appropriate if Harvard did that. And uh, so I leave that now up to uh, the establishment to decide (laughs) and for the students to demand, quite frankly. Um, That's up to them. But I do remember this restaurant. And no, they never consulted me about the sandwich. But I'm glad they named a sandwich after me because at least it's something. I've got a sandwich (laughs) named after me. Uh, at this restaurant. Do you think the cranberry sauce is a nod to the color of your hair? No, I think people overthink it. This is what I think. I think, uh, now there are delis where they'll say, I remember, I think some deli in New York briefly had a sandwich named after me before they decided not to. Um, (laughs) That's so sad. Yeah. (laughs) It's worse to have a sandwich and then have (laughs) it taken away. (laughs) Trust me, there's no greater indignity than achieving a sandwich and then having the sandwich discontinued. Did they give it to another celebrity or they just completely wiped it Yeah, I think it's called like the Fallon now, you know? Uh, But uh, (laughs) it was the stage Deli. I don't even think the stage deli. The stage deli might not still be around, but the stage deli had a Conan O'Brien, and I remembered it was like, you know, half a pound of corny beef. Do you know what I mean? Uh, And then um, with some, and then I remember they. I think they tried really hard to come up with other puns, and they made this sandwich. And I went and had the sandwich once, and it was a good sandwich. But at least you know. I'm not gonna. Then the sandwich was uh, was was discontinued uh, and and then changed. I think uh, to uh, the Fallon or the Kimmel or whatever with a side with a with a side of cordon. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, but I think people overthink these things and they think, oh, 
turkey because Conan's kind of a turkey. You know, they overdo it. No, they just made a nice sandwich. What would it's, be your sandwich if you were to have one made? What would you have it be? I think it would be like a quarter pound of pure excellence. <laughs> oh, my Jeez. God. Marinated in originality sauce <laughs> for seven weeks. And then served up on some firm freckled buns. Oh, um, no. wait a minute. You know what? I, now, guess oh, what? No. Now I hate me. Yeah. I just stepped outside myself and I hate myself. But, but no, uh, is it, uh, it's, is it Bartley's or Barclays? I mean, it's, I think it's Barclays. I don't know. I think he said, I think it's Barclays. Uh, it's been a long time and I haven't been back there, but uh, I do want to thank them for naming a sandwich after me. And please, uh, I'd like people in that area of Cambridge and just greater Boston to pressure Harvard. It doesn't have to be a big statue. It can be uh, one-eighth size. It could be a doorstop. Harvard makes you a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the food there named after me. Let's just put it at that. But um, really good question, Albert, from Milwaukee, and I thank you. Conan O'Brien needs a friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today.